Hello, Team Builder. Thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Chris Cabert, of Fun Doing and On Team Building. I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. We're here today Zooming. So welcome, everybody. Yeah, we're Zooming. Uh, Again, we always say this, our schedules are full. But yeah, we are finding some time to Zoom together. And Michelle, how's it going today? It's going pretty good. Yeah, coming off a full week of filming, trying to get a bunch of activities and my online games database is getting a makeover over the next few months. And so I'm starting to get a lot of new activities and directions filmed because it's going to get a Cadillac makeover in my online games databases. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. And um, some Personify filming as well. We did. Yes. We're going to meet Angela next week on the Ask podcast, your business partner in Personified Leadership. So how that went well? That went really well. So we, in our course, we follow a character named Manny, the manager. And uh, sometimes Manny gets it right. Sometimes Manny gets it wrong. But we see Manny really evolve as a leader over the entire course after after he gains some new skills, whatnot. And we've always wanted to have some videos kind of right in the middle. We had some good ones at the beginning and some good ones at the end. And we always wanted to add a couple in the middle. So we did. That's what we did. We hired actors and brought our Manny character back in. And so it was, it was, it was really fun. It was a lot of work, but it was really fun. And I cannot wait to see how everything turns out. Very cool. And this is for your online version. That's correct. We are. Yeah. We do have a, a virtual version of the Personify Leadership course debuting October 13th through the 16th. So yeah, that'll be yeah. really exciting. Yeah. Next week, we'll find out a little bit more about that and how people can get involved. And this week, I get to promote. So it's okay to promote our work. Uh, we both get maybe these little two commercials. I get one this week and you get one next week. Uh, I'm leading three different workshops on activities you can do while safely distancing with your participants. I've been collecting these things for a while and we've been talking to people on the Ask podcast, on the OTB podcast. We've been giving information about what they think about, what activities they're doing and their takeaways. And Uh, A question that came in, uh, people have been following those and been using some of the ideas, and they asked, do you have any additional activity ideas for physically distancing participants? So they've been using what we've been sharing, but they'd like some more. So Michelle and I, this last kind of one more episode, we're going to talk about physically distancing activities. And we dug into some of our favorite resources and we're going to share some things here today. Yeah. You want to give, you want to start us out? Absolutely. You know, one that, you know, an oldie but a goodie that I have used for years that, you know, it's really great for kid programs as well as I've used it for some, you know, introductory um, adult programs as well is just the age old lineup activities where you just have, you know, whether you have people, Um, first just get into a line. And now what we would do for physically distancing is I would, you know, bring my poly spots or, you know, some carpet squares or some sort of spot markers and make sure that those are all six feet apart from one another. But then, you know, and just have people, you know, occupy one of the spots that you see in front of you. And they'll all be 
six feet apart from one another and then just tell them, okay, now, now that you've occupied a spot, then what I want you to do is line up by tallest to shortest. So then they would move off their spots and then, you know, get themselves in an arrangement from tallest to shortest. And then after they do that, then you get them into, ask them to challenge themselves in a different way and say, okay, this time now without talking, I want you to get into alphabetical order from A being over here on this side to Z being on this side. Now, of course, hopefully you've done a name game prior to this so that they have at least some sort of idea. If not, they'll be finger signing what their first names are so that they'd be able to do that lineup in alphabetical order from A to Z. So with that one, I then challenge them, of course, without using the resource of their voice. And so the first one is usually like, okay, that's easy. It's just visual. And then the second one, you, you know, take away a resource. You challenge them in some sort where now they're trying to communicate in a nonverbal sense. And that can, you know, really as an introductory activity, really set up the day nicely from a sequencing point of view that now we're going to talk about in the debrief. Okay. How did we challenge your communication and how is that like everyday life? You know, so what happened here in the activity and then why do you think that's important? And then how does this relate back to how we work together, especially now in this day and age of virtual facilitation or virtual uh, working together? You know, how is communication different when we can't hear or sometimes see individuals? So I think there's some good correlation there. Another one that you could do is also uh, birthdays. You know, we did first name, but you could also do line up in order of birthdays from January through December without talking as well. I find when I use lineups like that, take away a voice, we also can talk about that frustration. You know, mm-hmm. you had a message and you believe you're trying to clearly share your message and somebody's not getting it. And what mm-hmm. do you do with that? How do you choose to react? How do you choose to change the way you communicate? Yeah. yeah and, and, and then I also just make sure, when, you know, to tell people when you're moving, make sure that you're still remaining six feet apart when you're moving from one spot to the next as well. Yeah. And another thing you could do is, is if you do an arc, like if you had like a semicircle, if your spots are in a semicircle, then people can see one another better rather than a straight line. You know, people are always looking around and stepping off and whatnot. So if you do it in a semicircle or an arc, then it's a little easier And I've also thought if you put a second set of an arc six feet off the main arc, then they, if they're moving, then they could move onto the second arc. And that would just make sure that they're keeping enough distance around one another. And you could have an arc on both sides. The center arc is the arc where that's where our final line is going to be. But if you're going to move, you can move to the front arc or the back arc if that and those will be our transportation lanes if you will and that's similar to one that i found out from a friend on an interview mo capis she uses Mm. concentric circles when she's connecting having her participants connect with each other you would set up a circle and remember you can get about eight if you had a 50 foot imagine a 50 foot activity rope and you make into a circle right so that's a, that's a fairly good-sized circle. You can get eight people six feet apart in that pretty good-sized circle. So if you okay. had eight in the center and then created uh, another circle outside of that, the concentric circle, you could get 16 people. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a fairly large uh, space that you're going to occupy. So that's something to right. consider. 
And with a rope, you could tie knots. If you want to do a quick, fast circle without spots, you could tie knots in the rope six feet apart. And then the inside circle could then stand by a, a knot. Mm-hmm. Then the outside circle would be spots that are six feet across from each knot. In that formation, then you could do pair or partner activities and get acquainted connection activities. And two of my favorites are uh, three things in common. When I'm talking with a partner across from me, we find out, try to find at least three things in common with each other before the time is up. So usually have a minute or 90 seconds to find as many things as you can, trying to get at least a three. And if there's still time left, add some more, find some more things. When the time is up, then the inside circle, for example, will move one knot or spot to the left. Mm-hmm. They have a new person that they can talk to, and you can do the same activity. Find three things in common you have with this new person. The idea then, you could do all sorts of paired activities. Uh, another one, you and I know this as wallets or what's in your wallet. Um, bring some <laughs> props that you have with you, a couple of things you can share with another person that might just fit in your pocket. Could be in your wallet, could be in your purse, could be in your backpack. But bring a few things with you and then share the significance of those things with that partner. These are the connection types of activities we can use to get to know each other a little bit better uh, without having to talk to a large group all at the same time. Because when we're spread mm-hmm. out, it just gets a little harder. So whatever yeah. other paired activities you might have, you know, throw them in there. Spend 15, 20 minutes dividing or moving pairs around so you got new people to talk to. The spots are really, honestly, if you have poly spots or something like that, you, that's going to be such a key prop, keeping people apart from one another, really. Another one that is, you can do in the virtual space, you can do in, you know, in person as well, is just the age-old traffic jam. That is, it's such a great activity. And, you know, it's also what, it sounds ridiculously easy, but then it ends up being, <laughs> it's one of the harder activities that are out there. I also do this one in an art formation. If you've got 10 people in your group, you would have five spots on one side, five spots on the other side in an arc, one additional spot in the middle as well. Traffic jam then is, it's kind of a brain teaser puzzle, if you will, to where then you have the team that's on the left trying to swap places with the team on the right, but they have to do it following a a specific set of orders. Basic instruction for traffic jam is that participants can always move forward one space in front of them. And then a person may also move around another person that is going the opposite direction of them into an empty space, but they cannot pass anybody that is on their same team. So those are the legal moves. And then the illegal moves would be any move backwards. So if a participant felt like they would need to step backwards in the sequence at any point in time, then they must reset and start completely over. And then another illegal move is any move where a person, uh, you can't go around someone going the same direction that you are. And then also any move which includes two people moving at one time. So you can only have one person moving at a time. So those are yeah, the basic that's a, rules. That's a good and then classic they, it, one, yeah. It's very frustrating, uh, but that's one of the things that I love about it is that I, I love activities where you can find that sound ridiculously easy, but then they end up being hard because honestly, that's where real true behaviors in your participants will come out. 
are these the same frustration or the, is, do you experience the same level or the, do the same behaviors come out when you are really frustrated like this with your team or with your family or with your classmates or whatever, whoever group you're talking with um, back in the real world as well? You know, even in this transition time of safely distancing, we want heart activities. We want things mm-hmm. that will still kind of push the comfort zone, as they say. Uh, one of the ways I've let it to keep people engaged is to tell them, you let me know when everyone on your team understands how to solve this problem because I'm going to choose someone at random to lead you through the solution. Mm. And that sometimes will, that forces kind of a little stress, a little panic of, okay, I got to get this. I got to ask for what I need to understand how this works. Uh, Traffic Jam's out there. We'll find a a link to some video uh, and some instructions on that because it, just to make sure you get the directions right, that's important so that mm-hmm. they know how to work the quote-unquote puzzle. Another one I like, which is kind of challenging, I like the challenge part of this and a way to practice some leadership skills, what's called traditionally a blind polygon, which is using a long activity rope and making shapes. So what happens Like I mentioned before, a 50-foot activity rope, you could get eight people around this six feet apart. This way, if we're all holding on to the rope, everybody but one person closes their eyes. So one person keeps their eyes open and is the leader. So you can ask for volunteers who'd like to practice some leadership communication skills. One person keeps their eyes open and they direct the rest of the group to make a particular shape. The people can't move away from their knot, so their knot stays between their hands. They can't slide around. But for example, with a group of eight, you could make an octagon shape. You could make a square. You could make a diamond. You could make a triangle. So there are different rounds. You could have somebody practice their leadership communication skills, hopefully after they know names, because it would be hard to do this if you don't know people's names, because you're going to be asking them to do certain things. So blind polygons a good one, and I'm guessing we can find some a link to some uh, references to that one as well. But that's we don't have to share equipment, but we will be touching a rope. So hand sanitize mm-hmm. your hands, and the rope should have been you know stayed out for 24 hours. Get some sun. Mm-hmm. So that's another yeah. I think a challenging one because we have to take away a sense mm-hmm. uh, like we did in the lineup activity. So that one works yeah. really well. Yeah, I got one more. Um, the uh, Another one that you could do is from my Playing with a Full Deck book, uh, and it's called Kings in the Corner. And it is similar to, you know, for, for this one, you would need to put your spots, again, all six feet apart from one another, but into a one giant square. What you would do is you would, you know, hand sanitize your hands first, and then you would give each participant one card. They then take that card, put it to their forehead, and then they have to maneuver to where all the kings end up in the corners. And then it goes king through ace on the different lines. So that one you could do in a little bit larger group. Or if you only have, if you have small groups and you're doing groups of 13, then you could just do, you know, kings on one end of the line and just basically just deconstruct your square into different lines. If you do end up doing larger groups, it's one that you could do 
if you have the space. Now that one would be a, a quite the, you know, you know, 13 times six is, you know, basically your one line. Um, and then you'd have to have that for all four sides. If people are moving, they could, you know, move both to the outside and the inside to move around, but taking away the resource of their voice then allows them to, you know, use that good nonverbal communication um, and pointing and, and helping people get into the right spot. So you could also time it to see how long it takes people to get into the different um, um, places. Then if you wanted to do it again, you would have to use a new deck of cards that's all shuffled up rather than, and have everyone put the cards that they just used, you know, maybe in the center and then do it again and then have them um, and then time them again. So you could make it into a performance improvement type of activity as well. Now you, you said before you laminate your playing cards. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. The idea would be, that you've cleaned them and then you hand them out and then they're right. touched and mm -hmm. you don't want them. So have a couple of decks right. ready for yeah. this one and then be able to play it a couple of times to see if the group can pro do a process improvement in between. Yes. Cool. cool. Exactly. Nice. We just wanted to share a few that we haven't shared before in other episodes of the Ask podcast or on Michelle's six feet apart video replay. We'll link to that in the show notes. She did a great job sharing different activities that she's done like Zoom and group juggle and, and blind maze, all cool stuff. We'll link to that in the show notes so you have more of those if you have not seen those yet. So hopefully you're out there having some opportunities to get some face-to-face -face while safely distancing programs. Uh, I'm, I'm just very interested in what's going on out there. So reach out and share with us what you're doing, what's working, what are you learning? I'll still put out some things on the On Team Building podcast, and I'm interviewing people who are having those experiences because this is a transition for us, and I think we're going to be in it for a while. Hopefully, we'll be able to do some team building along the way. Michelle, yeah. got any, any last thoughts for yeah, us before well we go? I'm also looking forward to your course that you're doing here uh, coming up on the 28th, you know, where you've got more activities. I know a lot of them are going to be non-prop based activities. So the idea is three different workshops, each 90 minutes, I'm going to share different activities in each workshop. So by the end of the day, I'll have, hopefully my goal is 45 activities on video and then getting them out to participants. So if you enroll in one workshop, you get the video replays of all three, nice. plus the fun doing index and the PDF ebook. So and that all that for like $25, right? $25. Bucks. I, I just, I want to make it affordable and accessible to people who, who this will save them time. I've curated these things as, as much as I can, and I'm probably going to add to the assets package as I go and find new things I'll add to the package so there will kind of be a growing document for a while but this will give you a one place that you could at least go and check out things that we know can work at a distance nice so, hey, thanks for awesome thanks for reminding me because yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure we get people to that Monday workshop September 28th three different times available so we'll put the link to all the details it's at fundoing.com forward slash DA info that will get you to the details page. That's fundoing.com forward slash DA info, I N F O. That will get you all the information you need to sign up for one of the workshops. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. 
You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris About Team Building.